How's it going, everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. You might not know this, but before I record an episode, I like to break a sweat. And I do that using the ChopFit. Over the course of the past year, the ChopFit has allowed me to lose weight, tone up my body, and feel even more amazing about myself. A feeling that you should all feel about yourselves as well. If you use this code, SPEARCHOP10, you get $10 off your order. Once again, use code SPEARCHOP10 for $10 off your ChopFit order. It'll change your life. Thank you. How's it going, everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. And today we're welcoming retired United States, United States Air Force, uh, Denoris Bickle. He's also the owner of Fit Culture uh, by Dino. He's an incredible photographer. And uh, to kind of kick this off, before I kind of let uh, Dino uh, talk about himself a little bit here, the when you when I'm, I have the opportunity to tour the world uh, with an incredible band, Shine Down, and they have a lot of family and friends and guests that come out to shows. And over the years, um, just in passing, whether we're in the South Carol- Charleston area, uh, Dino and his group of friends and everyone have come out to the shows. They've always been really awesome, awesome people. And Eric and Barry, like, oh, God, personal trainer, fitness. He's got Brent eating these meals. And it kind of just like, you know what? He's a great guy. I love it. I love what he's doing. It keeps these guys safe and happy. And I love it. And it wasn't until the last uh, last year at the Smith Meyer show at the drive-in in Charleston uh, that I was like, after the show, I'm like, man, Dino's such a good guy, Brent. And we're just talking after show. And he's like, you go, oh, he's, he's salted air. He goes, do you know what he did for the Air Force and the photography? And I'm kind of like, man, I had no idea. And so fast forward a couple months later, I'm still doing the podcast. I'm like, I reached out to Brent a couple weeks ago. I go, man, I'm going to reach out to Dino uh, just to give you a heads up. Like, I don't want to catch your friend off guard uh, with this, but I, Someone like Dino, I definitely want to talk to you because it's he's got a poor voice and I would love to amplify it. And uh, here we are today. So thank you for being here, Dino. I appreciate it, man. Thank, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, so to kind of get the to kick it off, the the last couple of years has been obviously with everything going on. I don't want to date the podcast with the pandemic and stuff. But I, I do find it, especially in your line of work, the the personal training and the fitness and people and dealing with the mental health and the physical health of people in the last couple of years. Yeah. How exciting is it for you to kind of see us as a human race kind of push forward and kind of, you know what, it's here, we conquered, we got to move forward with our health and bodies and mind. For you as a personal trainer, what has been the biggest blessing uh, in the last couple of months as you kind of move forward in your field? Um, I'd, I'd have to say the biggest uh, blessing moving forward is uh, perspective. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a trainer, a trainer is a trainer. Um, the ability to reach people and, and kind of help them become a better version of themselves is always in the forefront. And, uh, you know, during... Um, the, the pandemic, I think it kind of tested us all in becoming a, a better person and, you know, just kind of uh, making us recreate ourselves and, and find out how to get through it and keep our sanity uh, as well as protect ourselves and our neighbors. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm overjoyed that, that we're, we're getting back to uh, a, a place that we can kind of get back to doing what we do. Um, just being around people, but but my perspective is so different on what's really important. You know, my my health is important. Um, my my friends, my neighbors' health is important. That's really true wealth. Um, yeah. 
One of the cool things is people, obviously, if you're in the Charleston area, definitely check out. Uh, but like the fit, the fit culture, some of your tenets about positivity um, and empowerment is so important because we live in a day and age, as you know, that people get sucked into the negativity, whether it's the news, the media, family, friends, all this negative energy. It's people need that escape uh, of something that's positive or an environment that you can cure that kind of it doesn't foster those negative energies and stuff. So for someone to come trade with you, they're, yeah, they're getting the physical aspect of it, but they're give, going to a place that is safe, positive, and you empower men, women, whoever it is to be the better version of themselves. And that's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, and I hope that's uh, what it's about for most trainers. I mean, make no mistake. We, we have to make a living, but, but you're not, you're not going to, you know, be, become some, you know, millionaire as a trainer you'd better be in it for the people that you serve. And, you know, coming from the military, you know, we live a life of service. Um, so, so it's, it's nothing new to me. It, it's just now saying, how can I use my talents to help somebody else? And, and can I do that and, and make an honest living? And, and I've been just fortunate enough to be able to do that. On days where you or say some of the clubs that you trained with, feels bad mentally, but physically they're there or vice versa. They feel amazing. They feel strong, but mentally not there. How do you help them or yourself get to that point where you're right in the middle, where you're, you're operating at the best version of you? Because I, sometimes where I need to, I need to do my hundred pushups, hundred sit-ups today. Well, some mornings I wake up, I'm like, can I just do 50? Physically I feel yeah. fine, but mentally I'm not there or vice versa. Yeah. So how do you help people kind of balance that where it's like be good at both at the same time? You know, every individual is different, um, you know, and, and there's no one way to approach it. You, you kind of got to find what appeals to that individual. So let's, uh, let, let's take, um, you know, a couple of clients of, of mine, they are competitive. Um, so, so we'll find a way to compete to, to just get through it. Uh, some of my uh, clients may not necessarily have the, uh, the, the drive, you know, just stepping into the gym for them is a win. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take you and I'm going to give you a task, um, you know, and try, try not to think of it as just working out, you know, if I'm trying to kind of find where that, that, that mental barrier is for them and, and find a way uh, to, to get them to overcome that. Um, everybody's a little bit different. So when we ask the question, what do you do? Uh, man, there's so many answers. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really the, the belittling uh trainer to kind of yell and, and make you feel like you're not good enough because I, I want you to leave that place feeling better than you came in. You got to feel good about yourself, but, but we're going to find ways to push you. You know, if it's, I got to compete with you, if it's, you got to compete with yourself or just talking through each rep or, you know, I mean, sometimes that's, that's all you're going to get. But the, the big thing is to make sure that, that people keep moving um, keep, keep that positive attitude or gain a positive attitude. And if you don't got it all one day, all right, you know what, we're going to hit it a little bit harder the next day. We're going to make up for that because we're not perfect. You know, we're not machines. So. How often do you, and I'm, I'm trying to picture you since you were air force and military with a, uh, as a gunny sergeant, just screaming at someone. And I, I, I don't think that's you, but I know there's people um, that love that coach or the, parent as a kid that loved the, <laughs> loved the tenacity. For me, I thrived in that environment because for me, I look at it as that person cares because they're literally going psycho for me to make me do something. But I also know kids and teammates and people I work with today that they need that kind of step back kind of motivation to kind of do stuff. So it, it's very interesting yeah. to me 
you actually have to deal with these people that from different walks of life, business, musician, uh, carpenter, whoever they are, they come into your space for that training session and you kind of have to corral all these different egos and stuff. And it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the, the most satisfying things about, about my job. I mean, we, you know, in the military, I always tell people, cause as a combat photographer, you know, even though I was air force, I'd have to work with different uh, services, a lot of different units. Um, primarily for me, I was working with ground operators um, as a combat uh, cameraman, both conventional and non-conventional warfare. And you have to become a chameleon. You, you have to be an absolute chameleon. So if I'm with Marines, I have to learn how to speak Marines. And if I'm with Army, I have to learn how to speak Army. You know, if I'm with, you know, different tiers in the Army, I have to learn how to communicate with them and, and, and move and become not necessarily one of them, but, but to operate seamlessly in the field. So as a trainer, you have to become a chameleon. If I do have that person who's driven by me getting a little bit loud, all right, you know, I can get loud. If, if I have that person who's, you know, driven by, hey, I got to give you a task or, or make or pointing out that, look, you know, you're not giving me the effort that you can, right? I need just a little bit more. Let's push. And, and sometimes it's just that talk, man. It's, you, you got to be a chameleon. You got to be able to adjust on the fly and, and, uh, and, and really read the room, you know? One of the cool things you must have is seeing the change, the positive change people have as they come through and train with you and your staff. But for you, knowing you were a fan of the band Shinedown before and now your relationship training and working with them and getting them in their best shape possible, how cool is it to know when you see them on stage that, man, I kind of helped boost their confidence maybe or I helped them get where they are today. It's, it's, and it, those guys think the world of you. And so for you, like maybe give a break down like how you met them like what was it like when you first they first came in like hey i need help especially eric who lives <laughs> right by you well so so eric let me tell you eric's been a fitness stud for a long time <laughs> yes. man those guys you know those, those guys you know when they were on the road they're doing p90x and you know just they're finding ways to keep in shape and eric uh is a friend of the owner of the gym that i contract out of and and that's kind of how i met them and, and one day um you know i was looking you know, I was training somebody and I look and they're over in this other area and I'm like, oh my God, is that, those guys from Shinedown, you know, <laughs> just kind of, you know, I had, I had a little fanboy moment, you know, and, and, and you know what, it's, it's cool because I mean, they're, 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 they're amazing. And, and uh, my, uh, my buddy was like, well, come on over and meet them. And I met him and it was just really cool, but they were just really down to earth, just really good people. Um, you know, they don't carry themselves like these you know, larger than life. I mean, they're, they're just humble guys. I mean, you know how it is. Um, and so Eric had been in the gym a few times and he saw the way I train people. And, um, and we got to talking. He was like, hey, I, I, I like the way you train. Um, I'd be interested in, in training. I'm like, hell yeah, man, let's, let's rock. And, and, uh, and, you know, through our training, we became friends. We talk about a lot of things. I mean, trainers... we're we're kind of like barbers, you know, it's it's kind of like you spend so much time with these guys and, you know, and Eric was, was coming in every day, sometimes every other day. So this is a lot of time you get to spend with them an hour and a half a day. We had a lot of things to talk about that had absolutely nothing to do with training. And, and he got to know me and I got to know him and we grew into, you know, the friends that we are. And then Brent, you know, they were, they were uh, writing the attention, attention album. And uh, Brent's like, Hey man, I, I need to, you know, get stage ready and, you know, I'm, I'm staying, you know, around the corner, you know, for, for the amount of time that we're writing this album and, 
you know, I'd like to get some training. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go. And same thing, you know, we'd come in and we, and you know, and hey, that guy's a monster. I'm like, what a high tolerance. Both of them have to be sick, high tolerance for pain. Just, they, they would just right. go at it. But, but we become friends through our discussions and, and, uh, and, and Brent, uh, needed meals, for instance, you, you mentioned that. So a friend of mine owns a meal prep company. And I was like, hey, Adrian, he and I met in biology class. You know, we were both going to school for exercise science. And uh, we just remained friends. And I was like, hey, I get, I get a guy, um, you know, who, who, who needs meals. You know, he's working very hard, but he's not progressing the way I want to see him, you know, because he, he has to eat out all the time because, he, he you know, he, he's, he's staying downtown. He doesn't cook, you know, he's busy working. Can you prepare his meals? And long story short, between the two of us, man, we, we knocked off the, the pounds that, that we needed to knock off of him and we got him stage ready. And he's grown to love it to the point where he doesn't need us anymore. He, you see his videos, he gets after it all the time, you know, but that's, that's what you want to get people to. I don't want you to need me after a while. I'm going to help you. But the idea is to make you learn how to not only do this for yourself and, and maintain it, but, but progress. So. And uh, they always speak so highly of you again. And it's always, Eric's always like just his perspective on life because he's done something in his life that I've never done. And we can kind of find common ground with different thoughts, how we react and what happened in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, so as you, you have the physical aspect of helping or helping train someone, but the mental aspect too, like you said, sometimes I remember growing up, my dad or my uncle and stuff, they'd go to the barber, not necessarily for the haircut, but do just talk about yes. and not, maybe not gossip per se, but just be like, Hey, what's your opinion on this? You're a guy, you're a, yeah. You're, and so there is something to that too. And your people that train with you are able to get that as well. And I think just as much as it comes to, I need to lose weight. I need to get this mental weight off my head too. And just talk to someone that's going to listen. Yeah, man. Uh, for, for me and, and I look, I use it for myself. I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I remember um, I was deployed one year and I was going through a divorce and um, that, that's, that's not the, the type of environment you want to have all these things going through your head. And uh, my, my partner, uh, who is a combat videographer, was like, hey, we're going to go hit the gym. Now, I, I, you know, I already worked out, but I never really used it as a, a, to, to vent, to cope. And it became such a valuable coping me- mechanism that I, I've just used it, you know, my li- all my life. And then you know, my friends who are dealing with things, we, we typically, hey, we're going to get in the gym. Um, we're going to get some things off our chests and, and we're going to take the things that are, that are stressing us or the things that, you know, we, we can't physically do anything about, but somehow that physical exertion can just give you a little relief. And we're going to turn that negative into a positive. Just if, it, if it's just for an hour, we're, we're going to do it, you know? And, and, um, and that's always kind of been my approach to use fitness to make people it's not just about getting in shape it really is about being a better version of yourself um you're going to learn something about yourself you're, you're going to cry you know you're you're going to fail you know you're going to learn it all these things are going to happen in that weight room in that gym and, and you know what you're going to learn how to push through it one of the uh and i work my ceo is a uh, retired marine uh, a lot of people i hire and stuff uh, through the skill bridge program um people transition out of the military. And I'm always curious because I was never in the military. Um, but the you always hear about all oh, the VA sucks, the VA is this. Or, but you also hear the VA is great. So for someone like you, and I, I know the big thing, and I don't want to get political per se about the VA, <laughs> but they want to prescribe medication and pills and stuff. And I always hear from my CEO where he calls me, I don't want to take these medications. I just want to feel better. 
Yeah. The idea of fitness, in the personal training stuff, is that something that the VA or at least the military is people as a means to heal more better than uh, say, take these Percocets and drink this liquid? Like it, it seems like people like yourself that served have a grasp of what the idea of what we just talked about, the physical and mental healing you get from training and working out. Yeah. More conducive to people's lives. Uh, yeah. Um, look, I, I, the, the VA, I'm fortunate um, that we have a great VA out here in, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. There's a couple of different VA uh, clinics. Uh, the one that I, I use is, is really good. Um, it, it really, I, I can't speak for other people, but I know for me, uh, because I, I, I've always kind of gone to my, you know, I, I get a lot of counseling, man, just some of the things that I've been through. And, and I kind of come there with a solution and fitness is, is it as opposed to uh, medication. Uh, if I can, if I can heal myself or if I can learn how to cope or coexist with the things that are going on with, with my own anxieties, um, with my own depressions, because they never go away. So, so what are we doing when we, when we take pills, you know, or we're, we're subduing it, we're, 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 we're basically covering it with a rug. It's, it's not going to just go away. It never does. So somehow you got to learn how to coexist with it. And, and for me, fitness has always been and not only fitness, but just helping others um, is also a way that I, that I cope with it. Um, you know, I, I, I work with a group, a friend of mine, I put together, uh, we get together um, once a month and, you know, we have a workout, we go and run the Ravenel Bridge in Charleston. Um, and, and we do a little bit of yoga afterwards. And we open the floor for anybody who just needs to let it out. And it's not just veterans, it's anybody who's dealing with depression, anxiety, um, you know, any kind of suicidal thought. I mean, any type of trauma, man, everybody's welcome. Because we all go through some type. And the thing is, is, we find a way to coexist with these things. I can put my efforts into this before I put you know, go to look at the bottom of a bottle or some pills or even hurt myself. Right. So. How, what led you into the air force? Why that yeah. branch? Um, so my dad was a Marine or my dad's a Marine. Um, I grew right. up around the Navy, you know, I grew up around the Navy. Um, my grandfather's a Navy. Uh, I have uncles that joined the air force. Um, I just kind of thought about my personality, you know, because I, I was in college, you know, I was in, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. I, I didn't feel like I was learning anything. And I was just like, ah, eh, you know, I, I feel like I'm wasting my time, but I need to do something. I, I want to get out of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I was, I'm, a, I was, I'm a kid, you know? And, um, you know, I went and talked to the Air Force recruiter. Um, he took me to the base. You know, I got to check out some things. And, and um, I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. I didn't know, you know, I signed up for four years. I didn't know that I'd end up making a career, which I did 20 years. Um, but, you know, and I, I ended up loving it, but it was, it was really just an opportunity to go and learn something else, you know, go and, go and do. And, you know, it, it, when I really found out and understood what service was about, I, I found that being a part of that machine was, was really kind of cool, you know? And one of the things that came from that, which what Brent told me, uh, after I saw you last, it kind of blew me away. The idea of combat photography. Now, before we even get into that, growing up, were you always making pinhole cameras or taking pictures? And nah. stuff? Like, how, like, okay, nah. so how'd you follow up on that? Uh, you know what? I, um, I was really lucky to have a, a recruiter who actually cared more about, you know, and not to say that this is, you know, this is what recruiters are, recruiters are all about, but but he, he cared about me enough to show me some things. It was, I wasn't just a number. Um, he would take all of us recruits and he would, he would make the time to go and take us to different jobs. 
and let us see what's going on and have people, you know, kind of tell us about what they did. And, you know, I mean, he really took the time and he, he took me into um, first combat camera squadron, which I ended up ending my career at first combat camera squadron. And, um, you know, he, he's like, all right, these guys are combat photographers. This is what they do. Um, and, and I knew right then I was like, I, I kind of like that. That sounds really cool. They get to travel. They, they get to tell a story, you know, they, they, you know, it's, it's not a mechanical job. I'm not stuck on a flight line. I'm not stuck behind a desk. I, I get to really get out and, and be a documentation specialist. And, and uh, yeah, I decided I wanted to join the Air Force. There's other, other branches have them too, but the Air Force kind of fit my personality a little bit better. Right. It's for me, it's, it's just, you not only do you have to see the picture, you, the, maybe it's a body or an explosion or whatever you have to document. Not only do you see that image, you have to take the image and whether that gets, you don't have to go through the, I know the protocol of not all images get released. It's documented for a reason, all this type of stuff. Yeah. But you have to, you physically have to carry that image the rest of your life. And it's, yeah, man. Me, how do you, I know you mentioned about the therapy and stuff and all that, but the stuff you have seen and photographed, it the, the weight of some of that stuff, the fact yeah. that you have to really carry those negatives around with you the whole time, the rest of your life, it's there, there's got to be something surreal to that. That now I get why people like you have to do this job. Yeah, uh, man, you know, there's, there's, you know, I, I tell people all the time man, as a as an Air Force photojournalist, um, specifically a combat photojournalist. Um, you see some some visions of beauty and you see a lot of horrible that you wish you had never seen before. Um, when it's going on, man, you just got to it's it's this is my job. You know, this is my job. And and, and I, I got to figure out how to get through it. Um, I, I can't say that I developed some mental toughness because I have my days where, you know, I, even to this day, man, I, I, I think about things and, you know, you, you just you feel like breaking down and. You know, but the reality is, is I, I can't, you know, I, I, I have, uh, I, I take my, not only my counseling, but my family, my wife, who is also a photojournalist, she wasn't a combat Nicole. photojournalist, but yeah, yeah, Nicole was a, a photojournalist uh, for public affairs, but, you know, she, she is there for me every step of the way to, to, to let me vent, to hold me, to let me know it's okay. I mean, I've woken up, you know, petrified tears you know afraid and uh there's she's never judged me she's never you know showed that she was afraid of what was going on for me but but encouraging me that it's okay um so so it's good to have a support system you know uh, of course I have the VA who's a big help my family I have Eric you know yep. I can talk to him about things I you know we like I said he and I we've talked about a lot of things there's things I've told him that nobody else will ever know about and because I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with him. He, he, uh, he's there for me and I, I'll always be there for him. So, you know, I, I've got a support system, man. That's how I get through it. And growing up as a kid, I remember all the history books back when schools could actually cheat to show stuff. I remember seeing the, the atrocities of Auschwitz and the storm of the beach in Normandy and all this stuff. And I've always kind of wondered like, who took these pictures. It's like people like yourself. Yeah. To, to document the importance of people seeing what's really happening out there, I think is so vital. And, and not to get to like censorship and stuff like that, but I think in this day and age, I like I go through a, a history book now where some friends are teachers, and 
they're not getting the same images I saw. It's paintings or right. so, and so for me, it kind of takes away from the the realness of the the not only the the atrocities of war and life and mm-hmm. whatever, but some of the great stuff too that you had to take pictures of. And I remember yeah. the first time I saw the movie We Were Soldiers, which is based on We Were Soldiers Once and Young. Um, by Lieutenant General Halmore, but it was the, the work of Joseph Galloway, who was the civilian, Barry Pepper played him in the yeah. movie. Yeah. I was so taken back by, here is, and he wasn't military, but he was there documenting the war, and he won an award for actually pulling bodies out. But the people like you that, that do that, this isn't just you like, oh, here's the sunset. Like, you're, you're in situations where war is actually going on too, and it's crazy yeah. that you have to pull, you could pull a trigger on a firearm, but you're just as quick to pull a trigger on a camera. And it's, it's just, it's kind of crazy that you have to be in the war and still document you being in the war. And it's, I just, sometimes I can't wrap my head around that. Well, you got to kind of look at it this way. Look, uh, and, and everybody, you know, won't see it the same way as, as combat photographers. Look, my, my camera is my, my primary weapon. Right. If 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 I don't get the imagery needed that I was sent there to get, then I've just wasted a body in the battlefield. I'm now a liability. Right. Um, I've taken the place of a shooter. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm armed. You know, I'm 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 armed. I'm trained. And like I said, I can I can fit in seamlessly with with anybody because that's that's what as a combat photographer we're trained to do. But if I don't come back with that imagery, then then I've just risked everybody's life for nothing. Right. So so you got to remember that when you get out there and, and believe me, when when tracers start flying by your head, the first thing you want to do is 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 pick up your weapon because you feel safe, because it makes you feel a little just a little bit more safe to be able to defend yourself. But the reality is I got to trust those those men and women around me um, and 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 they have to trust that I'm going to do my job, because if if the photos don't come back, then the story never happened. You know, if you don't have that proof, then, then I just wasted my time. And for people that want to Google you, you can see some of your imagery from the aerial shots and stuff on the ground, just surreal stuff. Is there ever a time where you've taken pictures and you're like, man, I I hope this gets published, not for awards or magazine covers, but to show people that, man, there is beauty in this world, but there's also evil. And like, how do you, could you ever put a book out of your, your pictures? Like, how does that work in terms of your photography? Like, does it have to clear all that type yeah, of- it, it's got it yes it would have to clear public affairs but i'll be honest with you i've i've never thought about it i never took a photo i've never been out i, I might look at something and be like that's cool you know um or, or wow that's that's really neat but i've i i can't honestly tell you i've ever taken anything in hopes that it gets published um that that's just not me you know some somebody's going to use it and it's going to get published somewhere you know, I, I have taken a photo. I'm like, I hope somebody can use it, you know, yeah. but, but, but as, but as far as getting published, if, if my name was never known, I wouldn't care anything about that, man. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm there to do my, my job, you know, my little piece, like I said, of this giant machine. And, and if anything, you know, maybe those images can, can help make some decisions that, you know, can, can save, save lives you know, or, or, or may, may be uh, useful to, to critical decision-making uh, and mission planning. So, you know, that, that's it, man. I just want to do my job and get out of there. 
Now, I know you and Nicole do a bunch of, uh, you have your own photography company, uh, weddings, portraits, and stuff like that. Is that type of photography, is obviously you have a love of photography, otherwise you would still be doing it. But does it, this type of photography where you're not in a war zone situation, does it help with uh, the mental health? Is it a good form of therapy for you to keep doing what you love, but now you're not in a situation where there are tracer routes coming over your head? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Um... You know what I love about about being a wedding photographer with my wife is I get to be with my wife. That's um, awesome. I had absolutely yeah, I, I had absolutely no desire to pick up a camera once I retired from the Air Force. I, I you know, I've, I've been there, I've done that. I was focused on on just doing my personal training and um, you know volunteer work in the community. And uh, my wife started her business, and and you know I didn't the first couple of years she did the business. I would hardly see her on the weekends during wedding season because she's, you know, out in Hilton Head. She was working with another company. And uh, she was like, I kind of want to do this on my own and I'm going to need a second shooter. First, she would hire a second shooter. I'm like, you know, that's really cool. And she was like, why don't you just shoot with me? We'll, we'll be around each other more. And, you know, man, I, dude, that was like, excellent idea. Let's go. Um, and, and really, that's what it was all about. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't, you know, approach photography in such a nonchalant manner because, you know, I understand we're documenting somebody's life and, and we shoot our photography like documentation. So the, the thing is, is their families are going to see these photos, you know, for the next hundred, you know, hundred years. Right. I, I not, better not just do it right, but I better make it magnificent the best I can. And, and I, I want them to be proud of the images that they see. So it's a little bit different when I'm shooting for, for these families. You know, because I was curious if, again, I don't touch back. We started the conversation with the bad day at the gym. Could photography help you kind of clear your head before you start training or vice versa? Like, is there a yin and yang to photography in personal training or you kind of treat them as two separate things? Um, they, they really are two separate things. I mean, so so like take my wife, for instance, she is a very um, she's super creative, right? She's creative. She can visualize something and create it and boom i am a strict documentation specialist i am highly technical um so so my thing is you know exposure you know framing you know on top of capturing the moment for sure i got a good eye for that but i'm not super creative i don't i'm, I'm a reactive shooter um and and it doesn't really you know it, it's a it's a job i love to do it but it's it's not really a balance that they don't really balance out each other you know, it, it, it just allows me to be around my wife doing something that we're highly proficient in together and um, and, and, and really seeing the, the you know, people. I, I guess where it does marry is I get to see somebody smile. You know, I get to see somebody love what, what you know, the product just kind of like that. That is a similar similarity to training. How are you when people take pictures of you, say, for like your website training? Like, it, is it I, weird for you? I hate it. I, I hate being, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's like, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, people on social media, you know, I'll take a million, so my wife takes a ton of photos. I'm going to take a photo of this. I'm, I'm like, you know what? People already know what I look like. You know, it's just, it's, here's me again. Oh, here's me again. You know? it, right. It's just, it's not for me. I'd rather stay behind the camera, you know? And it'll, like, if you ever look at my, uh, my, my Instagram page, you know, it's very rare that you'll see me on the on a on a photo unless I'm doing something that I'm trying to promote, like um, 
you know, getting together, you know, cycling groups or like I'm just getting into now. It's very rare that you see just photos of me. I will never be on there posing. Look at my mom. Uh, that's, that's not my style. You know, I, all my stuff is of other people. Let me show you what they're doing. Follow their story, because to me, that's important. When to kind of circle back to the fitness thing before we kind of close this up, the what I love about the idea is fitness. Like there, there's something for everyone. It, now the tough part is getting to the point where you do that something uh, that makes you happy or comfortable. But for you yes, as sir. a trainer, are you are there trends and stuff or other trainers or people you're kind of looking at seeing what they're doing to see if there's a different change or are you what you do is tried and true. It's going to work. Um, I, I, I think, uh, when it comes to training, um, I am a firm believer. You have to consistently study, uh, research and development will, will prove that everything I know in five years will, will be obsolete. Um, I, I think if you're going to continue to serve people, you got to study, uh, those things. Um, I do look at what other trainers, um, are, are do, not, not necessarily to take what they're doing, but if there's, if there's trends, then I'll go and I'll find out about it because what I don't want to do is start feeding people a, a bunch of BS, you know, Oh, you know, everybody's doing this now and everybody's doing, you know, that, that happens in the world of fitness all the time. There are some tried and true things, but there are some, some great finds out there, you know, and, and I, I would never be, I always tell people, if you find a trainer who acts like they know everything, run, run away. We, we don't know everything. <laughs> You know, they, as soon as they tell you, oh, I, I know everything. Nah, I'm, I'm all about, hey, I got a group of golfers that I, that I train right now. And you know what? It's making me research, you know, techniques and training golfers. It's making me study. Um, there's always something to learn, man. And, and everything I know now, tomorrow is going to be obsolete. So I got to keep learning. When it comes to, and I'm guilty of it too, I would see like a, you walk by the ball like a GNC and I don't know enough about proteins and stuff like that, but I'll be like, oh, cookies and cream power bar. That's how I'll grab 10 of them and I'll, I love it. But then I'm like, is, is GNC just capitalizing on people like me? Um, Maybe people are worse off in terms of fitness where they're kind of like, this is, this is like a false sense of hope. Like, how do you deal with people that come up to your trade be like, well, I've been drinking this protein that says this, this, this. And you're like, well, you get that from an orange and a thing of blueberries or like, how do you draw the line between the, the, the corporate type of stuff they put out there, which some of the stuff probably works great or the yeah. organic stuff you get from a grocery store. Like how do you kind of navigate in that little weird area? Well, I mean, the, the reality is there's, there's, there's things out there that, that will work. Um, and, and I, once again, it's one of those things you kind of got to research, you know, kind of right. here's a no, no frills. This has this, this has that in it. Um, GNC place like that. Remember their businesses, um, their, their job is to make money. Um, right. not necessarily always be, you know, like supplements. I don't, I personally don't, don't take supplements. You know, I, I, I try and figure it out through, through food. Um, I, uh, I, I try and figure it out through, through proper nutrition and whole foods the best I can, um, you know, and, 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 and go with it. You know, we were doing fine before these supplements were all created. So, you know, it, and that's just my opinion. Now, if somebody comes to me and says, I do want to take uh, a protein because maybe I don't eat enough. So I need to supplement uh, my protein intake. Then I'm going to try and help them find, um, the, the best protein for them with, the least sugar, um, the right amount, you know, if, if you, if you're not in the way, a good plant base, 
um, you know, we'll, we'll find, we'll find something that'll help you. So some people do need stuff like that. And I would never tell them they're wrong, but beware of the gimmicks, you know? Uh, when I was going through the secret service at the time, they were big into CrossFit, uh, and all this type of, that type of training. And I, mm-hmm. whatever I did, I loved it. Like it was different than I can't sling weights. Like I did. I, like it's, it's not for me. And so I like the, the different stuff they would do, but then I start mm-hmm. researching. It's like, for me, at what point does something like CrossFit become a, a cult? Like, how do you, some of those groups, it's like, in, not in a bad way, it's like, oh, I got to cross it, uh, whatever, uh, team Barbara, team whatever it is, I got to do kips and all. I'm just like, kid, thinking too much about fitness and a, a specific type of fitness be detrimental yeah. to one's health? Um, I mean, I, I, I think uh, when, when it comes to things like that, uh, you, you kind of have to look every, every type of fitness isn't for everybody. Right. Right. It's, it's like, it's like any sport, you know, it's, it's, it's not for everybody just cause you're a co- competitor. Um, when, when it comes across sure, of course you got your, your, your cult like followings, but you know what, all, all fitness, you know, has a cult like following somewhere. Um, now, now when does it get to the point where it's counterproductive? Um, I would say CrossFit is, is always a good conversation for me because um, I'm, I'm not a big CrossFitter. I always tell people if it works for you, then go for it. But, but once again, beware of the gimmicks. You know, if, if this seems like it's wrong for you because now you're having joint pain, you're having recovery <laughs> issues, you're having, you know, because look, everybody's not, not meant to do that kind of stuff. I think you have to be the right person. And you have to have the right coaches. I think it's got to be almost a perfect storm for it to work when you have people who just jump in because it seems cool, but their bodies aren't ready, you know, to PR every workout. You know, your, 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 your heart rate's not ready to take this on every single workout. And you know what? You, you got to listen to your body and be okay with backing away from it and, as opposed to letting it all, oh, come on, you can keep, no, nah, let's, let's, let's be safe about this. So. You know, I mean, I'll never tell anybody that, that, oh, that's a horrible idea. You know, it, it, it depends on the individual and that's in anything, whether it be, I'm, I'm a weightlifter and I play soccer and I, I ride bicycles. Um, that's not for everybody, you know? So. Yeah. Leave yeah. the assault bikes at home folks. Cause watching you and the, <laughs> Eric and all those guys do that stuff makes me sick. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric bought, Eric bought me a, a rogue eco bike one year. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if this is a present or punishment for all right. that I've put you through, you know, and, and, oh my God, oh, they're horrible. They work so well. Come on. But <laughs> it's the worst. It's always fun seeing you and Mike Cassis uh, joke about that and always do the workouts out there. Um, Dude, so, Mike Cassis, that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's an, he's an animal too. <laughs> he's uh, a beast. So as we kind of wrap this up, people are heading to Charleston, Carolina, where is it best for them if they want to come train with you to walk in or maybe contact you and be like, Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what my health issues are. Like how, what's the procedure for someone to reach out to you? Yeah. Re- reaching out to me first, if uh, is always the best way. Um, you know, I, I keep a pretty packed schedule. Um, I, I usually do have, have some time. I just got to know that somebody's coming in and, and they can re- reach me at fit culture by Dino. Um, on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I train out of Ethos Athletic Club, uh, downtown Charleston, South Carolina. And, um, you know, yeah, man, re- you can reach out, you can ask any question. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the, the Shinedown Fitness Group. 
that was created a couple years ago. I am aware of it. Uh, is that still active? So they're there. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's crazy active. I think when, when COVID hit, it, it kind of died down, but you know, it was, uh, it was kind of one of those things that we could put out information. I'd throw out, throw workouts on there. Anybody could ask me any question, you know, just, just ask away. I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I will never be too, too, too busy to answer, you know, some, some legitimate questions. People just want help, man. And, uh, and we don't want any, you know, there's, there's nothing I'll ever want from it, but for you to now go help somebody else out, you know, but, you know, but that, that was kind of a neat thing, man. Um, hopefully we can bring that back. Uh, but it was, uh, it's a great community. Like everyone's very like helpful of each other, the fans and they respect the fans yeah. and fans respect them. But I think that's where you see the yeah. people kind of come together to help each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. And like the, I know you're also an ambassador with Lululemon, and yeah, I my girlfriend was a gymnast at the time. She said stopped, and she's big to Lululemon. And she's like, oh, she got me in parallel shorts uh, a couple years ago. I'm like, dude, Lululemon, that's not for guys. And so my whole mentality has always been, I'm never gonna do yoga, never gonna wear Lululemon. Yeah. Uh, if you get me stretching, give me a Mountain Dew while I'm doing it, because I'm not gonna take it seriously. And uh, it's yeah. How when you open up and actually watch people like yourself or you look at people who are doing this stuff and these athletes that are doing ballet who are an offensive lineman for a Super Bowl team or all this stuff that you perceptually, I'm just like, I would never do that. I love Lululemon. Uh, and I've also started to kind of take myself seriously when it comes to properly stretching if I'm hurting and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see that out there. Yeah, man. I, I think that, um, you know, it's, you know, back in, I mean, I'll, I'll date myself here. I mean, I'm 47 years old. Jeez. You know, so at yeah, so at, at 47, you know, when I was a kid, you know, stretching, dancing, all none oh, of that yeah. stuff was was it was no. oh that's that's for girls, you know. Yeah. And you find some some of the best athletes right now have a background or at least have dabbled into things like dancing, yoga, you know, because it 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 all helps. I mean, it's 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 just a part of being an athlete. You have to stay flexible. You got to stay mobile. And anybody who tells you oh that's not important you know, probably doesn't know what they're talking about, you know, and it's, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta put down those, you know, the, the, the stigma behind, you know, uh, you, you do this or you play that, uh, you know, just try it, man. It might be good for you. The way we eat, you know, same thing, you know, I mean, just, it, it's, it's, it's worth a shot. You never know how to help you out. So I never, well, I, was, I never look at anything and, and say, oh, that's stupid. That's, I'll never like, say that. When I was running the other day, I was running down the street. I have like, and I always love like colors that are like obnoxiously, like you can't miss these pink Lululemon shorts or whatever they are. And I'm wearing it. One of my friends drives by and he's like, those shorts. <laughs> and I'm like, he knows, like he's all for it. But I'm just like, back of my mind, I'm like, I'm out here running. I, I yeah. who can't wear, like, I love it. They're comfortable. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just one where it's like the perception is just like, just do again, like you said, uh, understand what your body needs, whether it's stretching or if you want to take ballet for your balance or even people, I Absolutely. know people who got car accidents or whatever. It's like how to learn how to walk again with balance. It's like, they do all that yeah. tap dancing stuff, whatever, anything like that, where it's just like, know your body and appreciate your body and do what you can to preserve that. And so people like you That's are it. able to do that. It's and look, wealth, wealth is health, brother. You know, wealth, wealth is health. You don't, you don't got, you don't, man, look, it, the last year and a half will, will tell you, that I think if, if you've never experienced it before, I know people who had everything and next thing you know, they're sick and that everything didn't matter anymore. 
Right. You know, it did not matter. Wealth is health, man. You got to take care of your body, take care of your mind so you can take care of your family. Awesome. No, I agree. Well, hopefully uh, you stay safe. I'll be seeing you soon. I know that. Yeah, uh, brother. So, yeah, man. Uh, thanks again, Dino, for this. And everyone, please go check out uh, Dino in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, man. Th- hey, thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. Hey, hey, let me tell you, Eric talked this up. He's like, dude, you got to get on there, brother. So, <laughs> yeah, it's um, fine. I mean, when, I, when, I, when I told him and Eric, uh, him and Brad, they're like, oh, you got to do it. You're like, you got to do it. Like, he's such a great guy. Always, you know, it's always funny when you, Obviously, I know who you are, I know of you, but hearing them talk about you, it's like this is someone they, they really value and someone that I think more people, whatever I could do Appreciate on this podcast, that. get people out there to be like, man, this guy is, he can help you, whatever you need. And so, uh, again, thank you for your time and everything. I appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Anything you need, you let me know, okay? Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you like what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, t-shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.